BuzzFeed's big Trump scoop implodes, the media botch a hit on Christian high school students, and the media try to target me with selective editing. This show is going to be lit today. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Well, for those who don't know, the term lit is something that the kids say these days. It means that things are going to get hot. I'm, I'm a little angry, a little angry over this weekend. I have a few words to say about the media's awfulness, about their general inability to do anything remotely approaching telling the truth. I can't wait to get started. But you can, because first, we have to talk about how you invest. So the fact is, there's a great article that just came out in the LA Times about market volatility driving investors back to traditional havens, things like gold and bonds. Maybe it's time for you to diversify, right? Maybe you should be looking at diversifying your savings plan. And the people you should be looking to for precious metal purchases, Birch Gold Group. Right now, thanks to a little-known IRS tax law, you can even move your IRA or eligible 401k into an IRA backed by physical gold and silver. Go check them out right now. Look back historically when the bottom falls out of everything else. Gold tends to safeguard savings. Birch Gold Group has thousands of satisfied customers, countless five-star reviews, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Right now, contact Birch Gold Group and get a free information kit on physical precious metals. See if diversifying into gold and silver makes some sense for you. This comprehensive 16-page kit reveals how gold and silver can protect your savings, how you can legally move that IRA or 401k out of stocks and bonds and into a precious metals IRA if that's something that you're interested in doing. To get that no-cost, no-obligation kit, go to birchgold.com slash Ben. That is indeed birchgold.com slash Ben. Once more, let them know we sent you birchgold.com slash Ben. All right, so let me begin today's show by noting that the media are a flaming dumpster of hot garbage. Okay, the media are terrible at their damn jobs. I mean, terrible at their jobs. Because it turns out that many of them are not interested in being honest. Now, this is not every member of the media. There's some members of the media who I am sure are interested in being honest. But for the media, it is all about jumping to conclusions, about creating the clickable piece, about ensuring that they are the first on a story, even if they are dead wrong on the story. And we saw this over and over and over over the last 72 hours. Multiple stories the media put out were outright false outright false. At the very least, they were biased, twisted, selectively edited. I haven't seen a weekend this bad for the media in a long time. And it's disgusting. It's disgusting because let's start with the March for Life, okay? Not with me at the March for Life. We'll get to that. But let's start with the March for Life. Here's what happened at the March for Life. I was there on Friday and there were hundreds of thousands of people there. Some low-end estimates put it at like 150 to 200,000. Some high-end estimates I heard had it at like 600,000. Suffice it to say, you could not see the end of the crowd. It was the biggest crowd I have personally ever seen. It was unbelievably large. The mood was positive. People were excited. People were uplifted. People were upbeat. It was an amazing, amazing event. Did the media cover any of that? Did the media cover how amazing the event was, the size of the crowd, the incredible fact that hundreds of thousands of people showed up to defend the lives of the unborn in the middle of the winter with no pending legislation on the table? Did the media bother to cover any of the actual amazing things about the March for Life? No. They manufactured stories deliberately so they would not have to talk about that. Instead, they have a narrative that they have preconceived and that they are going to bang into the ground. And that narrative is that pro-lifers are evil, that people who are white are evil, that people who are Christian are evil, right? This is the narrative. And they are going to hit that narrative as hard as they can over and over and over. And it doesn't matter who gets stuck in the crossfire. It doesn't matter whether it is a bunch of Christian high school students. So late on Friday afternoon, as Sabbath is, is falling, I start seeing online, there's some talk about Covington High School, which is a Catholic high school, Covington Catholic High School in Kentucky. And I don't really pay much attention to it. It's about to be Sabbath. It's been a really long day with a lot of mixed emotions, as we'll get to in a little while. And I kind of sign off for Sabbath. I come back on on Saturday night, and the world is lit. The world is on fire. 
Why? Because they're saying that these kids from Covington Catholic High School were harassing a Native American man. And the reason they're saying this is because the Native American man went on national TV and lied about it. Because he said that these kids surrounded him and tried to intimidate him and that he was there defending a group of black Israelites, which is to say a cult that exists in New York City mostly. They call themselves offspring of the Jews, but they really have nothing to do with Judaism. It's, it's a cultish, vegan, weird thing. Anyway, these folks showed up and they started harassing the high school students in reality. But the way that this guy portrayed it on national TV was that the high school students, these white high school students, some of whom were wearing MAGA hats, were supposedly harassing the black Israelites. And then this guy stepped in and defended them. And for that, he was basically intimidated. And he's an older Native American guy. I think he's in his 70s. And he had served in World War II. And so the media treated him with all sorts of respect. So here's the original video. We're going to start from the very beginning. Here's the original video that the media put out of this confrontation. The original video is cut from a two-hour-long tape. Okay, the two-hour-long tape, as we will talk about, shows the precise reverse of what the media said happened because they're, because they're damn liars. Because they are damn liars. And they knew full well they should wait for the, full, for the full story to come out. And they did not wait for the full story to come out. There are a lot of people on the right some people who I'm friends with, who jumped on this and started talking about how the kids were guilty. And I can only get upset with them a little bit because the fact is that they were assuming good faith on the part of the media. That is always a mistake, as was reiterated to us over the last weekend. You cannot grant, you wonder why President Trump is popular when he says the media suck at their jobs? It's because they do suck at their jobs. Okay, their pre-existing suckage was there long before President Trump came along. You want to know why so many people in the middle of the country resonate to President Trump when he rips on the media? Because they deserve every last iota of it for coverage like this. So here's the original video that was put out by members of the media. And there were headlines across the board. First of all, let me just say this. This is not a national news story. No violence was done to this guy. There was no physical harm. It was a con Even if they, the media had told it the way that it actually happened, that's not a national news story. It's a bunch of high, school, high schoolers acting like jerk-offs. Right? That's... Last time I checked, high schoolers acting like jerk-offs is not a national news story. But in any case, even assume that the, that the media are telling the truth, it's not national. But here's the video they showed. And it turns out this is wildly out of context, as we will see. So here is, here's the original video they show that's supposed to tell the whole story about these evil white high school students wearing MAGA hats, mocking, laughing at this Native American guy surrounding him and harassing him. So if you can't see this, there's a guy standing in the middle of the crowd and he's banging on a drum. And the kids are chanting along with him. And it looks like they're mocking him. And there's one kid who's standing directly in front of him. And he's just kind of smiling awkwardly. And some of the kids are laughing and videotaping. Okay, and it looks bad. Like, on the face of it, it looks like these kids are mocking the guy or that they're attempting to, to, or they're attempting to laugh at the guy or something like that. Okay, and everybody goes nuts. How could they do this? First of all, nothing bad happened to the guy. There's no violence done to the guy. We're really now going to punish, not at school. Like, you suspend the kid at school if he does something like this. But we're going to, in national media, dox these kids for something like that. So here is the, so here is the reaction. The reaction to just the video alone. The reaction to just the video alone is the is is Reza, Reza Aslan of CNN. He tweets out, honest question. Have you ever seen a more punchable face than this kid's? This kid's like 16 years old. He's literally standing there, literally standing there, smiling a little bit because it's an awkward situation. How would you feel if there was a guy banging a drum in your face? Reza Aslan says this kid's face is punchable. How delightful. How delightful. And then Howard Dean tweeted out this, right? the former head of the DNC, Covington Catholic High School seems like a hate factory to me. Why not just close it? Check out this thread. A hate factory? 
a hate factory. Now, let me just say, I do not think that it is any coincidence that on the same weekend, the media decided to go after Karen Pence for teaching at a, at a Christian school that the head, former head of the DNC is suggesting that Christian schools should be shut down as hate factories. That's not a coincidence. Okay, the media, the far left in this country, the increasing mainstream of the Democratic Party, they hate religious people, hate them with a passion. If this were just a normal high school, not a Catholic high school, you think Howard Dean reacts quite the same way? Okay, then... There's this reporter, a reporter for Huffington Post, which Huffington Post, again, is just a manure pile of journalism. They don't even attempt to do journalism. They just, they're, they're, they're moveon.org under another name. So the guy's name is Christopher Mathias, and he puts up a photo of this kid smiling next to a photo of white kids pouring drinks and ketchup on lunch counter protesters in, the, in, in Birmingham in 1960. As though these are equivalent in any way. So this kid is now a segregationist. This kid is now a KKK-style segregationist. And then a BuzzFeed reporter tweeted this out about these kids. A picture of the kid in the MAGA hat just standing there. Again, he didn't do anything. He was just standing there. He didn't mock the guy. He didn't do anything. And in fact, as we'll see, this kid, when, when, the, when somebody tried to start confronting the Native American guy, this kid turned around and tried to stop it. Okay, but this, they put up a picture, this, this, reporter from, this reporter from BuzzFeed put up a picture of this kid next to a picture of Brett Kavanaugh and wrote, one theme of the conversations over the past 24 hours equals how deeply familiar this look is. It's the look of white patriarchy, of course, but that familiarity, that banality, is part of what prompts the visceral reaction. This isn't spectacular. It's life in America. So in other words, a white kid smiling is the look of white patriarchy, just like Brett Kavanaugh, who they accused of gang rape. Falsely, by the way. Just astonishing, astonishing stuff. And then a reporter from the New York Times who actually put up a tweet quoting a Facebook post by someone named Marlon James, who I've never heard of. And here's what the statement says that the New York Times reporter endorses. Okay, you ready for this? Here's the thing about Covington Catholic schoolboy. He didn't shout. He didn't rage. He didn't threaten. He did not even lift a finger because he's not even 20 years old and already knows he never has to. He just stood there with his smirk, the line sealing his white privilege. A smirk saying that nothing you speak matters. Your existence doesn't matter. Your protest doesn't matter. Your dignity doesn't matter. Not even the fact that you were here first matters. You're a joke because I find you funny. You're a target because I got my bullseye on you. And you are nothing because I won't even remember you by the time I get home. This is racism boiled down to the core. Bigotry in excelsis. An editor at the New York Times tweeted out that this was a, a well-spoken objection to this kid. Again, even in the original video, all the kid's doing is standing there. Now, Here's part of the problem. This guy, this Native American guy lied to the mainstream media. I mean, there are a lot of people who are pussyfooting around what the guy did. He lied. Okay, this is not a mistake. He didn't make a mistake in describing the situation. He outright lied about the situation on national television and to the Washington Post. And everybody bought it and pretended it was okay because he's an older gentleman who served in World War II. Lies are lies no matter who speaks them. And if you're not willing to call out lies, then you are not doing your job as a journalist. Speak truth to power. Dem democracy dies in darkness all these media liars. I'll get to that in just one second. First, we need to talk about how you can save time and money. Here's an easy way to save time and money and to cool down right now. Go online shopping. and When you do, make sure that you use Honey. You've probably heard me talk about Honey. It's the free amazing browser edition extension that automatically helps me save money on all my favorite sites. I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't tell you how Honey makes even Amazon better. With their millions of sellers on Amazon using the same products, how do you know you're getting the best price? Honey does the shopping for you. As you shop on Amazon, Honey's best price finder automatically compares the prices of millions of sellers that carry the item you want. 
Honey even factors in shipping, sales tax, Amazon Prime status to make sure you're getting the lowest total price. I use Honey all the time, and I particularly like using it for Amazon because, as you know, I'm a huge Amazon fan. I'm an Amazon Prime customer, and Honey makes my shopping that much cheaper when I go to Honey. And we, we buy, I, there are too many products for me to describe each individual one that I buy from Amazon. Like we buy everything from Amazon. We've probably saved hundreds of dollars by using Honey at this point. The next time you are shopping on Amazon, treat yourself to a free upgrade that guarantees you always get the absolute best price. Add Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash Ben. That's joinhoney.com slash Ben. Honey is the smart shopping assistant that helps you save time and money. Honey, again, joinhoney.com slash Ben. All right, so. Here is what Phillips told the newspaper, and then we will see that there is video footage that shows he is lying. So he says that he, uh, he accused the teens of harassing and intimidating him and claimed the scene grew ugly. He said, it was getting ugly. And I was thinking, I've got to find myself an exit out of this situation and finish my song at the Lincoln Memorial. I started going that way, and that guy in the hat stood in my way, and we were at an impasse. He just blocked my way, and he wouldn't allow me to retreat. Okay, now, as you'll see from the tape, this is just an outright lie. He then accused the teens of chanting, build the wall. The tape is two hours long. There's not a single instance of anyone shouting build the wall and hurling racial epithets at the group of Native Americans. The tape is widely available. It is two hours long. There's not a single epithet shouted in Native American, not one. He also accuses the teens of shouting racial epithets at the black Hebrew Israelites who are standing nearby. In fact, it turns out precisely the reverse. The black Hebrew Israelites are shouting epithets at the kids. There's one black kid from Covington Catholic High and the black Hebrew Israelites are shouting the N-word at him. But the kids are the problem. Okay, and then he went on CNN and he lied about it. Here he was talking about, the, I love this, CNN calls it the heartbreaking viral video. Here is this, this Native American guy, Phillips, a liar, lying on CNN. I was standing there and I seen that group of people in front of me and I seen the angry faces and, and all of that. I, I realized I had put myself in a really dangerous situation. All that anger and all that wanting to have the freedom to just rip me apart, you know, that was scary. This young fella put himself in front of me and wouldn't move. Okay, so this is just a lie. It's just not true. He can move to the right. He can move to the left. He can reverse out. He walked into the crowd. So here's the actual tape. Now you're wondering, because I keep saying that he's lying. Here's the actual tape, several segments, beginning with black Israelites shouting slurs at the student, shouting at a black student, and then you will see Phillips approach the crowd and walk into the middle of the crowd. The crowd did not surround him. The crowd did not mob him. Nothing like that. He walked into the middle of the crowd, singing and chanting, walked directly up to the student you saw in the original tape, and then started banging his drum in the student's face. Here's what, it actu- here's what actually happened, that the media refused to cover because they're, they're liars. Your, your college degrees was paid off of the bloodshed of slavery. Your houses, your your mortgages, everything your parents owned was given to you by the bloodshed of our people. He said, this racist, what the hell is all this? Right. What the hell, what the hell is you see a crackers with Make America Great hat on? Yeah, you's a cracker. You's a cracker. All of you crackers. Okay, the kids don't do anything, right? The kids are, are doing nothing. And then you will see, I mean, we, we, there's tape of it, of Phillips walking into the middle of the crowd and banging his drum right in this kid's face. And there's another piece of tape in which the kid turns around and tries to actually stop another kid from having an argument with Phillips because Phillips is shouting that all these white kids should go back to Europe at one point. Or it wasn't, I think it was one of Phillips' friends who was shouting at somebody. 
That's not how the media covered it. That's not, and we'll get to the student's statements about this, which are a lot more true than anything Phillips had to say in just one second. So here is what the, the student said. First of all, all these folks online started trying to dox the kids. So Kathy Griffin, dox means find their personal information and put it out publicly. So Kathy Griffin put out a statement saying these kids deserve to be doxed. They're 15-year-old, 16-year-old kids who didn't do anything. And she's saying, now, you may say these kids were a little bit rude. You may say that these kids shouldn't have been making faces in the tape. Are we going to pretend that this is the great crime of the century? Are we going to pretend that this wasn't a manufactured media lie from the very outset? Is that what we're going to pretend now? We're going to pretend that these kids decided to mob a Native American guy when precisely the opposite is the case. The guy walked into the middle of the crowd to confront people, banged his drum in a kid's face while black Hebrew Israelites were shouting at people. Do we have the tape of the guy walking into the crowd? Let's play that. See, here he comes. Banging the drum, right? Now, there's pl- look, there's plenty of room for him to go to the Lincoln Memorial without walking through these kids. Plenty of room. Here he comes. He's walking into the middle of the crowd with a bunch of dancing friends of his. Banging the drum, walking into the middle of the crowd. He deliberately sought out the crowd, walked into the middle of it, and we're supposed to believe that the kids wouldn't let him move through, mobbed him, and scared him. Nonsense. It's a lie. Okay, and then what happened is because of all the doxing, they actually went after the wrong people because they don't care. Now, I'm old enough to remember when Laura Ingram was boycotted for critiquing, in mild fashion, David Hogg, for saying that David Hogg was whiny. Okay, and she was boycotted. I said it was a dumb comment at the time. But was it boycott-worthy? Of course not. It was absurd. Okay, David Hogg was, but he was, he was untouchable. The Parkland kids, if you said anything about the Parkland kids, even saying they didn't know what they were talking about on guns, even saying they have a right to speak out, they went through something terrible, but they don't know what they're talking about, even this was considered uncouth. The entire left mobilized to destroy these kids, destroy them for doing nothing, so far as I can tell, that is even remotely worthy of this sort of reaction. Andrew Hodge is the brother of one of these kids. Okay, and here's what he wrote. Yesterday was supposed to be a day of celebration for my middle brother, Alex, who got married last night. Instead, my family had to deal with the fallout of my youngest brother, Michael Hodge, being falsely accused for standing and smiling in front of an indigenous man with a drum. People then proceeded to spam my family with harassment and threats of physical violence. We then find out our parents' address was posted online. If that wasn't enough, our family-operated business has been slandered and attacked. No one reviews evidence or does any due diligence. They immediately escalate things to a state of frenzy over much of nothing. The zealots scream for the head of Michael Hodge, knowing that there will be zero consequences to them if anything happens to him. My parents, uncles, aunts receive messages stating that they are pieces of bleep parents and won't be able to protect Michael Hodge forever. Seriously, what kind of behavior is this? Michael Hodge is the best kid I know. He volunteers for Special Olympics, took them skiing this Thursday, is involved in the church youth group, doesn't drink smoke, volunteer for drug-free clubs of America, and is an aspiring chef. Michael, uh, people then started circulating articles of him regarding his dreams and goals of being a chef, find the colleges he plans on attending, and proceed to blow them up, encouraging them to rescind offer and calling him a racist POS, piece of bleep. You reach out saying how terrible of a family we are, defame us, threaten us, and you know nothing about us. Yet you circulate the information and spam us like it is the only truth that has ever existed in your lives. You condemn my parents for being horrible role models, yet you jump to conclusions and were ready to string up an innocent dude? Is that what you are teaching your children and family? I sure hope not. It saddens me people have nothing better to do on Saturday than scour the internet for drama and then dig up info on a family and rile up an army to attack them. Hold yourselves to a higher standard. Set a better example for your sphere of influence. We will all be better off for it. Nobody's going to do that. By the way, quick correction. Phillips, the Native American guy at the center, is a Vietnam vet, not a World War II vet. Just want to correct that for the record. Because when we screw something up on this show, we try to correct it, unlike members of the media who keep doubling down. Hey, then 
the kid who's at the center of all this, the kid who did something terribly, terribly wrong by apparently standing there while a guy banged a drum in his face. That kid put out a statement, too. And here's what his statement says. Quote, I am providing this factual account of what happened on Friday afternoon at the Lincoln Memorial to correct misinformation and outright lies being spread about my family and me. I am the student in the video who was confronted by the Native American protester. I arrived at the Lincoln Memorial at 4.30 p.m. I was told to be there by 5.30 p.m. when our buses were due to leave Washington for the trip back to Kentucky. We had been attending the March for Life rally and then had split up into small groups to do sightseeing. When we arrived, we noticed four African-American protesters who were also on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, writes Nick Sandman. This is the Covington student in the middle of the controversy. I'm not sure what they were protesting, and I did not interact with them. I did hear them directly direct derogatory insults at our school group. The protesters said hateful things. They called us racist, bigots, white crackers, F-words, meaning insult for gay people, and incest kids. They also taunted an African-American student from my school by telling him that we would harvest his organs. I have no idea what that insult means, but it was startling to hear. Because we were being loudly attacked and taunted in public, a student in our group asked one of our teacher chaperones for permission to begin our school spirit chants to counter the hateful things that were being shouted at our group. The chants are commonly used at sporting events. They are all positive in nature and sound like what you would hear at any high school. Our chaperone gave us permission to use our school chants. We would not have done that without obtaining permission from the adults in charge of our group. That's the chanting you're seeing the kids doing. They're not chanting to mock the guy. All they are doing is singing their high school song in order to drown out the racist stupidity being shouted at them. At no time did I hear any student chant anything other than the school spirit chants. I did not witness or hear any student chant build that wall or anything hateful or racist at any time. Assertions to the contrary are simply false. Our chants were loud because we wanted to drown out the hateful comments that were being shouted at us by the protesters. By the way, the tape lines up with this. It does not line up with a thing Philip says. After a few minutes of chanting, the Native American protesters, who I hadn't previously noticed, approached our group. The Native American protesters had drums and were accompanied by at least one person with a camera. The protester everyone has seen in the video began playing his drum as he waded into the crowd, which parted for him. I did not see anyone try to block his path. He locked eyes with me and approached me, coming within inches of my face. He played his drum the entire time he was in my face. I never interacted with this protester. I did not speak to him. I did not make any hand gestures or other aggressive moves. To be honest, I was startled and confused as to why he had approached me. We had already been yelled at by another group of protesters, and when the second group approached, I was worried that a situation was getting out of control where adults were attempting to provoke teenagers. I believed that by remaining motionless and calm, I was helping to defuse the situation. I realized everyone had cameras, and that perhaps a group of adults was trying to provoke a group of teenagers into a larger conflict. I said a silent prayer that the situation would not get out of hand. During the period of the drumming, a member of the protesters' entourage began yelling at a fellow student that we stole our land and we should go back to Europe. I heard one of my fellow students begin to respond. I motioned to my classmate and tried to get him to stop engaging with the protester, as I was still in the mindset that we needed to calm down tensions. I never felt I was blocking the Native American protester. He did not make any attempt to go around me. It was clear to me he had singled me out for a confrontation, although I am not sure why. The engagement ended when one of our teachers told me of the, the buses had arrived and it was time to go. I obeyed my teacher and simply walked to the buses. At that moment, I thought I had defused the situation by remaining calm, and I was thankful nothing physical had happened. In a second, I'm going to read you the rest of the student's statement. But first, I need to tell you about life insurance. So here, here's the reality. We're all going to plot, and when we plot, we're going to make sure that our family had some money, right? I mean, that's just, if you're an adult, you need life insurance. It's the responsible thing to do. If you're married, if you're, it doesn't matter. You need life insurance. Go check it out right now. It is difficult, annoying to obtain life insurance, complicated sometimes. That's why Policy Genius has created a website that makes it easy for you to compare quotes, get advice, get covered without extra fees or commission sales agents. Policy Genius is the easy way to get life insurance in minutes. You can compare quotes from top insurers to find the coverage you need at a price you can afford. 
From there, you can apply online. The advisors of Policy Genius will handle all of the red tape. They'll even negotiate your rate with the insurance company, all part of their best price guarantee. If you've been intimidated or frustrated by insurance in the past, try starting your search at policygenius.com. In minutes, you can compare quotes and apply. You can do the whole thing on your phone right now. Policy Genius is indeed the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. It's also the responsible thing to do. Go check them out right now at policygenius.com. Again, in minutes, you can compare quotes and apply. You can apply online. They'll handle all the red tape for you. Policygenius.com, the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. Okay, so more from this student who's been wrongly maligned by the lying media. His name is Nick Sandman. And he's the one who is apparently just like accused gang rapist, falsely accused gang rapist Brett Kavanaugh for standing there and not doing a thing. But he's a bad guy. Here's what he says. I never understood why either of the two groups of protesters were engaging with us or exactly what they were protesting at the Lincoln Memorial. We were simply there to meet a bus not become central players in a media spectacle. This is the first time in my life I've ever encountered any sort of public protest, let alone this kind of confrontation or demonstration. I was not making faces at the protester. I did smile at one point because I wanted him to know that I was not going to become angry, intimidated, or be provoked into a larger confrontation. I'm a faithful Christian and practicing Catholic, and I always try to live up to my ideals my faith teaches me, to remain respectful of others and to take no action that would lead to conflict or violence. I harbor no ill will for this person. I respect this person's right to protest and engage in free speech activities. I support his chanting on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial any day of the week. I believe he should rethink his tactics of invading the personal space of others, but that is his choice to make. I'm being called every name in the book, including a racist, and I will not stand for this mob-like character assassination in my family's name. My parents were not on the trip, and I strive to represent my family in a respectful way in all public settings. I've received physical and death threats via social media, as well as hateful insults. One person threatened to harm me at school. One person claims to live in my neighborhood. My parents are receiving death and professional threats because of the social media mob that has formed over this issue. I love my school, my teachers, and my classmates. I work hard to achieve good grades and to participate in several extracurricular activities. I am mortified that so many people have come to believe that something that did not happen, that students from my school were chanting or acting in a racist fashion toward Native Americans or African Americans. I did not do that. I do not have hateful feelings in my heart. I did not witness any of my classmates doing that. I cannot speak for everyone, only for myself, but I can tell you, my experience with Covington Catholic is that students are respectful of all races and cultures. We also support everyone's right to free speech. I'm not going to comment on the words or account of Mr. Phillips, as I don't know him and would not presume to know what it is, it is in his heart or mind, nor am I going to comment further on other protesters, as I don't know their hearts or minds either. I have read that Mr. Phillips is a veteran of the U.S. Marines. I thank him for his service, and I'm grateful to anyone who puts on the uniform to defend our nation. If anyone has earned the right to speak freely, it is a U.S. Marine veteran. I can only speak for myself and what I observed or felt at that time, but I would caution everyone passing judgment based on a few seconds of video to watch the longer video clips that are on the internet as they show a much different story than is being portrayed by people with agendas. I provided this account of events to the Diocese of Covington so they may know exactly what happened. I stand ready and willing to cooperate with any investigation they are conducting. That's the kid the media are tearing down today because they are disgusting. Because the members of the media who have continued to push this, even after it's been debunked, are revolting, revolting, and anything I can do to help these kids at Covington Catholic, I will do. Anything I can do to help these kids who are being maligned by the media, I will do. If they start a college fund for this kid, for, for Nick Sandman, I will give money personally to it. This is, it's disgusting. It's, but this is what the media were doing. That's what the media were doing. During the March for Life, all the media were concerned with, many in the media, I always say many because, again, there are exceptions, many in the media were concerned with finding ways not to talk about the March for Life, but to manufacture out of whole cloth Stories that fit into their wheelhouse. I know this because they also did this to me. So you may have noticed that on Friday and Saturday, trending on Twitter was the phrase baby Hitler. 
Why was that phrase trending on Twitter? Well, because if you listen to the podcast on Friday, you will know that I made a very specific argument in which I referenced the kind of joking, oft-discussed issue of would you go back in time and kill baby Hitler? Right? This, is, this issue, by the way, is not unique to me. The New York Times wrote a piece on it in 2015. We commented on this show in 2015. Right? So this is an old thing on the internet. Here is what happened. There's a guy named Jordan Ohl, a garbage human. And Jordan Ohl took 21 seconds of my podcast from last week, from last Friday, and he cut it out of context. Right? And then he put it up on the internet. And it got 1.2 million hits, views within just minutes, because everyone on the left wanted to proclaim that I had said something crazy at the March for Life because this fits in with their lying, stupid, nonsensical, false narrative that people at the March for Life are inherently crazy and wild. So here is the 21-second clip that this piece of garbage knowingly cut out of context and then put up as though I was saying something wild out of context. Here's the the 21-second clip, and then you will hear the full clip, and you will see the media ran with the story because they were trying to manufacture a story in order to target not really only me, but the March for Life as a whole. Look at these crazy kooks out there showing up in the snow to march for unborn babies. They're all a bunch of nuts. Here's the 21-second clip, and then I will show you the context. The argument, I guess, here is that would you kill baby Hitler? And the truth is that no pro-life person on earth would kill baby Hitler, right? Because baby Hitler wasn't Hitler. Adult Hitler was Hitler. Baby Hitler was a baby, right? What you presumably want to do with baby Hitler was take baby Hitler out of baby Hitler's house and move baby Hitler into a better house where he would not grow up to be Hitler, right? That's the idea. Okay, and then there's a cheer from the crowd. Oh, look at these crazy people cheering about First of all, even out of context, is the idea from the left that you have to kill baby Hitler? I don't understand where the controversy is even here. Like, is the idea that, logically speaking, you must kill a baby who will grow up to be Hitler because we live in a minority report universe where you go back in time and you get to determine what crimes people commit before they commit them? That in and of itself is immoral. But this was not a context-free statement. I wasn't randomly discussing the idiotic internet baby Hitler hypothetical. I was discussing it in the context of a very specific argument. It is an argument made in the book Freakonomics and defended by the authors of that book that suggests that abortions in the 70s led to lowered crime rates in the late 80s and early 90s. And I was discussing this at length. By the way, there's a quasi-racist element to this argument because overwhelmingly, or at least disproportionately, the babies being killed in abortions in the 70s were of minorities and poor. So the idea is if you kill poor minority unborn babies, they won't grow up to be poor minority criminals. That's a pretty racist argument. Okay, so I was making the argument against that. Here is the full context of what I said, which if you listen to last Friday's show, you will know is what I said, because you listen to the show and you're not a media hack. Here was the full context. That argument is that abortion lowers the crime rate, right? That all the, that, that what has lowered the crime rate traditionally has been killing all the would-be criminals. I, I don't know who's comfortable with the pre-crime version of humanity, where we get to decide before you're born whether you're likely to be a criminal and then abort you based on future criminal activity in which you have not participated. The argument, I guess here, is that would you kill baby Hitler? And the truth is that no pro-life person on earth would kill baby Hitler. Right, because baby Hitler wasn't Hitler. Adult Hitler was Hitler. Baby Hitler was a baby. Right, what you presumably want to do with baby Hitler was take baby Hitler out of baby Hitler's house and move baby Hitler into a better house where he would not grow up to be Hitler. Right? That's the idea. Okay, the entire argument is about the morality of killing the unborn because you think they will commit crimes in the future. And you take the ultimate criminal, right? This is called an analogy. You take the ultimate criminal and you say, this is the ultimate worst person on earth. If you knew him as a baby, you wouldn't morally be allowed to kill him as a baby because babies are not responsible for the actions of their future selves. Instead, 
You work to ensure the life of the baby and then try and bring him into the best circumstances. This is utterly uncontroversial. I mean, wildly uncontroversial. Not only will I double down on this, I will, e I will infinity down on this because this is the easiest, most clear argument. There is nothing wrong with this argument in any way. And people on the left still have failed to explain what is wrong with the argument because they didn't engage with the argument. Instead, because I said the phrase baby Hitler and because that's inherently kind of funny, which is sort of the point, because I said that phrase, they decided that they were going to come after me with a hatchet. Okay, if they want to be the defenders of people who kill babies, go for it. Uh, all yours, guys. All yours. But it just demonstrates once again how wildly dishonest and disgusting these people are. I mean, disgusting. There were media outlets that took that 21-second clip I showed at the beginning. I played at the beginning a few minutes ago. They took the 21-second clip and posted that. And when I contacted these media outlets and said, guys, you might want to actually put up, like, you know, the full three-minute clip so people know what I'm talking about, the media outlets would say, okay, you know what, you're right. Maybe we'll put up the three-minute clip. But we're not going to change the article or change the transcript. That's right, because you got clicks off it, because you're liars. Because if you lie, and if you lie consistently enough, then people start to believe the lie. It is... So the two big stories from the March for Life were not these 600,000 people who showed up in the snow to March for Life. The story, apparently, according to the media, were a bunch of high school kids who were racist, false, and me talking about baby Hitler, which was not even a story. Amazing what the media will do to avoid talking about the actual story. And then we'll get to the worst media botchery of the weekend because this one actually has national implications. We'll get to that in just one second. First, I got to tell you about your window treatments, your blinds. Okay, so the fact is that you come into your house and you think everything around here looks pretty nice, but it still feels kind of dingy. That's because your window coverings stink. Okay, you need to replace them. When your window coverings are right, everything in your house looks better, more expensive. But when they're wrong, it looks like you rented an apartment on Skid Row. Blinds.com makes it really easy for you to change those window coverings. You're not sure what you want or even where to start. With Blinds.com, you get a free online design consultation. You send them pictures of your house, and they send back custom recommendations from a professional for what will work with your color scheme, furniture, and specific rooms. They'll even send you free samples to make sure everything looks as good in person as it does online, and every order gets free shipping. Here's the best part. If you accidentally mismeasure or pick the wrong color, if you make a mistake, Blinds.com will remake your blinds for free. They've really made it easy for you. There's no excuse to leave up those mangled blinds. Go check them out right now. For a limited time, you get 20% off everything at blinds.com when you use promo code BEN. That's blinds.com, promo code BEN for 20% off everything. For wood blinds, cellular shades, roller shades, and more. Blinds.com, promo code BEN. Go check them out right now. Blinds.com, promo code BEN to get that special deal, 20% off everything. So I'm going to get to the worst media botchery of the weekend, one with national implications. In just one second, you're going to have to go over to dailywire.com and subscribe to see it live. If you want to join the show live, if you want to get two hours extra this afternoon and every afternoon live of my show and see the video of it and get my show commercial free and all of those things, all you have to do is go and subscribe right now. Believe me, you're going to want extra time with me today. I want extra time with me today. My goodness. I'm, I am, I'm, like a, I'm in a glass cage of emotion. You want to be part of it? Go check that out over at dailywire.com, $9.99 a month or $99 a year. When you do $99, you get this, the very greatest in beverage vessels, the leftist tears, hot or cold tumbler, filled with tears of media members who have their dreams shattered by the realities of tape. So go check it out, the leftist tears, hot or cold tumbler. Also, it's almost time for our next episode of The Conversation. Tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, Andrew Clavin will be taking your questions. Phew, when I saw the conversation, I thought it was going to be me. Andrew Clavin will be taking your questions and answering them live on air. So get ready to have your mind blown by the wisdom and knowledge you've been waiting for and get his hair curation tips. As always, this episode will be free for everyone to watch on Facebook and YouTube, but only subscribers can ask the questions. Once again, subscribe to get your questions answered by Andrew Clavin tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, and join the conversation. Also, subscribe over YouTube and iTunes and all the rest. We really appreciate your support. Really, we do, because the fact is there are too many people 
who don't support reality. So go support us right now by becoming a subscriber and join our team. We're seriously grateful that you're part of it. We are the largest, fastest growing conservative radio show and podcast in the nation. Okay, so the worst media botchery of the weekend was an astonishing one that the media have decided naturally to downplay. And that is, we, we talked about it on Friday on the show. There was, a, there was a report from BuzzFeed. We talked about it on the radio show. There was a report from BuzzFeed suggesting that President Trump had told Michael Cohen, his personal attorney, to lie to Congress. And they said they had evidence. They said they had documentary support. They had text messages. Right? They said that they knew for a fact that Trump had told Michael Cohen to lie. Right? Well, if that's true, that's impeachable. Right? If it's true that there's evidence that Trump told Cohen to commit perjury, that is open subordination of perjury and obstruction of justice, he would likely find himself impeached, if that were true. Or at least he'd be in serious jeopardy of impeachment. But as it turns out, BuzzFeed is totally full of crap. Now, when we analyzed the article last week, I talked specifically about the holes in the article. Namely, they don't cite any of the documents. It's two unnamed law enforcement officials. We didn't know what the documents actually said. Right? There, there was a lot of vagary about the article itself. It was just super long. But then something happened, something rare. So Robert Mueller himself, right, the Mueller team, have been publicly extraordinarily tight-lipped. They've not been talking openly about the goings-on in the investigation. It's not been something they've talked about a lot, which is good, right? and that's what they should be doing. It's their job to shut up. But on Friday, they did something unique. On Friday night, they disputed the BuzzFeed story. They came out and they said, this is just not correct. Here is what Peter Carr, a spokesman for Mueller's office, said in a statement, quote, BuzzFeed's description of specific statements to the special counsel's office and characterization of documents and testimony obtained by this office regarding Michael Cohen's congressional testimony are not accurate. Okay, so Mueller, the Mueller report, right, the people compiling, Robert Mueller's team over at the FBI said openly, BuzzFeed is totally full of crap, totally full of it. Now, it's an, um, it's an unbelievable statement because BuzzFeed was basically claiming that the president was on his way out. They were claiming his presidency was over. Done. Finito. Right? That was what they were claiming. And Mueller came out and said, wait, wait, wait. You guys, I don't know where you're getting this, but this ain't true. How astonishing is it that Mueller himself came out, his team came out specifically and disputed our report? It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Naturally, BuzzFeed just stood by their decision to publish. So Ben Smith went on CNN with, uh, with one of his reporters, not one of his reporters who actually was on the story. Right? So the, it was written by two reporters, Jason Leopold, and Anthony Cormier. Jason Leopold has a highly checkered history in the past as a reporter. He reported years ago Carl Rove was going to be indicted. That turned out not to be true. Jason Leopold didn't show up on CNN. Where was he? No one knew. But Ben Smith did, and he explained, no, 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 no. Of course we had to run with the story. Yeah, we're going to publish this. There are a lot of limits around what we can say. Like, I think that we have said a certain right, amount I respect about that. What, we have, what we have. We have some in the story. We've said some things on television. We stand by all of it. But I think what we have discussed this morning, just that in the context of the president's lawyer calling for a leak investigation, we're being extremely careful. Okay, so they're not going to explain why they're defending the story, and they're not going to explain why Mueller's office just clocked them in the side of the head with a meat hook. But they stand by their story. And then BuzzFeed continued to say that they stand by their reporting. And they also explained that Jason Leopold was just away on assignment. That's why he wasn't there at CNN. He was away on assignment. Uh-huh. Those are solid. This reporting is accurate. It so will the be people are out. saying heads should roll at BuzzFeed. No. That you're hurting the news business as a whole. What do you say? I've been, a, I've been a reporter for 20 years. My first job was on the loading dock of the Panama City News Herald. Right? They wouldn't give me a job inside because I, I was too young and green. I've been doing this again and again and again and again. 
Okay, it's it's. <laughs> okay, so they blow the story, right? Mueller Mueller said they. I'm not saying it. Trump isn't saying it. It's not Trump saying on Twitter fake news. It's Mueller himself saying the story's wrong. Doesn't matter. CNN reports it. Oh, well, BuzzFeed says it's true. And then I love this. Chuck Todd tweets out from from NBC. He tweets out. Those trying to tar all media today aren't interested in improving journalism, but protecting themselves. There's a lot more accountability in media these days than in our politics. We know we live in a glass house. We hope the folks we cover are self-aware. Bull freaking bleep. Bull bleep. Bull horse pucky. Absolute nonsense. Are you kidding me? The folks in the media, show me who's going to get fired over this Native American story, over, the, over this Covington Catholic High School story. Show me who's going to get fired. Show me who's going to get fired in the media over taking stuff of me completely out of context and not reporting it. Show me who's going to get fired at BuzzFeed for misreporting a story the Mueller office says they got wrong. Show me the person. Show me the person who gets suspended. Show me the person who even gets ripped. Forget about suspended. Forget about dismissed. Show me the person who even gets tut-tutted. Show me the correction at the bottom of the story. There will be none. None. It's unreal. It's unreal. Uh, so you, you wonder why? people in the media are, un, are not trusted by the American people, maybe because they promote lies for their own political point of view. And I'll give you another example of that. Okay, so when I say that the media have a bunch of narratives and they seek to promote those narratives at every available opportunity, I mean it. So let's look up some headlines about the Women's March. Okay, so the Women's March took place on Saturday and nine people showed up, right? No, no, like really, then the number of people who showed up for the Women's March was significantly lower than the number of people who showed up for the, for the pro-life march that we were at on Friday. And the Women's March received significantly more TV coverage than the March for Life. According to Media Research Center, the 2019 Women's March, which, again, had nine people there, received roughly 15 times more news coverage than the 47th March for Life on broadcast television. Shocker. And the only coverage the March for Life has received on television at all has been my comments about why you should not slaughter the unborn on the basis of suspicion of future crime and a bunch of high school students being lied about by the national media. The 2019 Women's March fetched 14 minutes and 26 seconds of coverage between Wednesday morning and Saturday evening, as opposed to 58 seconds for the March for Life, where, by the way, the vice president personally appeared and the president of the United States appeared via tape. It's amazing. Okay, and, and did anybody actually mention, did anybody actually mention the actual story of the March for Life? No. So I'm looking right now, at, let, let's look at Google News for the March for Life. So I'm doing this in real time. Okay, so we'll see. It says, represent us. Women's March returns amid controversy over anti-Semitism. And it says, four women on what the 2019 Women's March was like. That's from The Cut. L.com, all the best signs from the 2019 Women's March. And then this one from the Vox Plainers. The 2019 Women's March battled controversy. These women turned out anyway. Now look at the heroism. And then the Washington Post. The Women's March has always been divisive. Here's how we can fix it. The, so what was the actual story from the Women's March? It wasn't that they were sort of plagued by controversy. It was that at the Women's March, Linda Sarsour, who is one of the chairmen of the chairwomen of the Women's March, got up and openly called for a boycott of the state of Israel, which is base anti-Semitism. She called for it from the podium and people cheered. I'm looking at the headlines from Google. There is not a single headline on Google News about what Linda Sarsour said at the top of the search for Women's March. Not one. Not one. Okay, it's astonishing. Here's what she said. Anything from Medicare for all to ending the war in Yemen to standing up for free speech and our constitutional right. 
to boycott divestment and sanctions in these United States of America. So there she is saying that we should we should be in favor of BDS. Now, the way that the, these activists couch it is we're in favor of the right to boycott. You have the right to boycott in the United States. You just can't get a federal contract if you do. Just like you can't get a federal contract if you racially discriminate against black people. But there she is being cheered from the podium for doing this routine. Tamika Mallory, by the way, one of the chairwomen of the event, she was asked by Margaret Hoover last week whether Israel should exist. Okay, this, now, again, this is just base root anti-Semitism. Here's Tamika Mallory explaining Israel does not have a right to exist as a nation. Is it your view that Israel has a right to exist as a nation? I have said many times that I feel everyone has a right to exist. I feel everyone has a right to exist. I just don't feel that anyone has a right to exist at the uh, disposal of another group. In your view, does that include Israelis in Israel? I believe that all people have the right to exist and that Palestinians are also suffering with a great crisis. I'm, I, I'm done talking about this, okay. so you can move. Okay. Our, I just don't our, think it requires scholarly knowledge okay. to be able to say that Israel has a right to exist. I, it's, it, it, again, I believe everyone has the right to exist. And then she said, everyone has the right to exist, but not at the expense of someone else. So I guess she's pro-life now. So that's, that's good to know. And then Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez showed up at the, march, at the Women's March. And she was asked specifically about anti-Semitism. Did she have an answer for that? You know, Alex from the Bronx? She of the diverse background and Jewish heritage, supposedly? No, of course not. It's all about Trump. What would you say to some of those people who have concerns about anti-Semitism yeah. within the Women's March group? Absolutely. Well, first of all, I think that right now, in this moment, in, in the United States, we have to center this conversation. I think that concerns of anti-Semitism with uh, the current administration in the White House are, are absolutely valid, and we need to make sure that we are protecting the Jewish community and all those that feel vulnerable in this moment. Okay, so it's about Trump. So the heads of the Women's March are on the podium calling for boycott of Israel. <laughs> And it's all about Trump. Now, did the media report a lot of this stuff? No, of course not, because that's not relevant. They'll talk about the general problem of anti-Semitism with the Women's March and how it's controversial. Did they report the specific comments of Linda Sarsour at the top of Google News? No, of course not. Did they report the Native American situation or the baby Hitler thing at the top of Google? You bet they did. Of course they did, because this is what they always do. This is what they do every single time. It's unreal. It's unreal. So it's just amazing, amazing stuff. But, you know, this is, this is why people don't trust the media. And this is why when President Trump bangs on the media, everybody on the right nods along. Because we know they're lying to us. It's all about pressing the narrative. It is not a single little bit about the truth. And it's also why President Trump is likely to ignore media narratives when it comes to actual policymaking. Because he knows, as do we all, that the media have an agenda. I said on CNN years ago, that right as Trump was becoming president, that they should focus less on narrative and more on fact. Right? If they just want to report facts, and leave the opinion outside the facts, then maybe we could actually have a conversation. But they don't want to do that. What they want to do is press forward an agenda. And, you know, I've spent, honest to God, I've spent the last couple of years really working on trying to see people who don't agree with me as if they are speaking in good faith. And I've always tried to do this, really. I've tried to, I've spent a lot of my life trying to see people on the other side as people of good faith. And I was willing to give people the benefit of the doubt on that. Over the past 72 hours, I got to tell you, my opinion on this has shifted a little bit because... I can't grant you the premise of good faith when you act in openly bad faith, when you act in, when you promulgate lies for political purposes because it serves your narrative. If you do that, you're not acting in good faith anymore. And this is not directed at every member of the media. Again, it's not directed at every member of the left. Again, but if you were promulgating these lies after they had been debunked about these kids, if you were promulgating the BuzzFeed story after Mueller came out against it, if you were promulgating the baby Hitler controversy 
after it was obvious that it was a non-troversy, that no one cared and that it was a sheer political hit, if you were doing any of that stuff, you weren't acting in good faith. And more than that, if you knew that these were bad hits and you didn't speak up, this makes you complicit. If you knew these were bad hits and you stood there and you continued to maintain that they were good hits or you just stood there and stood aside and you wouldn't defend these kids or you wouldn't defend Trump against the BuzzFeed story after Mueller debunked it. There's nothing I, can, I can't grant you. The, I can't grant you the, the benefit of the doubt. You lose benefit of the doubt. OK, time for some things I like and then some things that I hate. So things that I like. Let me remind you, there was this thing called the March for Life that happened on Friday that the media largely ignored in favor of these other two narratives that were sheer garbage. And it was one of the great moments, I have to say, it was one of the great moments of my, of my public life. I thought it was an unbelievable showing. You know, probably six, somewhere between, I don't know, five and 10,000 people showed up for the live podcast on Friday, which was just wonderful. And then hundreds of thousands of people showed up for the March for Life speech. So people who listen to the podcast, I'm sure, you know, heard my comments during the podcast because it was the podcast. But they may not have heard my March for Life speech. So here in its entirety was the speech that I gave at the March for Life on Friday in front of probably a couple of hundred thousand people. What an amazing event. What an amazing showing for life. Thank you all for being here. America's story is an incredible story. It's the story of a shining ideal pursued over the centuries, extended to the full range and scope of humanity. America was founded on the promise of God-given rights, chief among them the rights to life and liberty. Now, while America may have imperfectly, imperfectly fulfilled that promise, we always move forward toward the perfection of that promise. Over time, those unjustly omitted from the founding bargain were admitted and embraced. The American family grew. Only one group was left behind. That group had once been the most prized possession of a great and moral people, its children. The souls entrusted to us by the Creator, given to us with care and love. We built the country for our children. We built our lives for our children. And then something happened. We, as a country, decided to erase them. We decided that the present was more important than the future. We decided that convenience was more important than basic decency. We decided that we could safely blot out millions of souls who could not protect themselves, still forever, voices that could not speak. We dehumanized the most human, the most innocent among us. We lied to ourselves. And then we built walls around that lie. We lied about the science. We falsified anti-scientific arguments about the origin of life. We pretended that human beings were not actually human beings. We pretended that human beings with DNA different from their fathers and their mothers, human beings producing their own red blood cells by 12 weeks, their own fingerprints by week eight, their own developing eyes, legs, and hands by week five, their own forming nervous systems by week three. We pretended that these were not human beings, human lives at all, but disposable balls of meat. We fought to avoid looking directly at the ugly truth of what we had done. We created euphemisms, termination of pregnancy, abortion, choice. What we were really engaging in was the mass killing of the unborn, of course. Millions of children who would never be held, who would never open their eyes, who would never see the sun rise, who would never become parents and then grandparents. The dismemberment of babies in the womb, the torture of tiny bodies. And we told ourselves that we were virtuous for our lie. We reversed good and evil. We told ourselves that the killing had to continue because if it didn't, we'd be disadvantaging women or raising crime rates or imposing economic hardship. 
We told young women that abortion wasn't merely a choice. It was a valuable, worthwhile choice. We told them to shout their abortion, to be proud of participating in the killing of the unborn. We excised those who stood for life. Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York said just a few years ago that those who are right to life, quote, have no place in the state of New York. Just this week, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said that pro-lifers were not in line with, quote, where we are as a society. Well, you know what? Maybe they're right. Maybe we today here are not in line with society. We do live in a time when the Democratic Party has embraced abortion as a sacrament. And by the way, a time when many in the Republican Party spent years pledging to defund Planned Parenthood and then didn't do it when they were given the power to do so. We live in a time when pro-life nations around the world are loosening their own restrictions on the killing of the unborn. So perhaps we are out of line with the rest of society, to which I say, good. So were the abolitionists. So were the civil rights marchers. So were the martyrs in Rome and the Jews in Egypt. Righteousness doesn't have to be popular. It just has to be righteous. And so we march. We march for those who can't. The media will ignore us because they always do. They'll cover other marches, you know, the five people who show up tomorrow. They'll cover the marches they prefer politically. They bet that the tens of thousands of us who brave the cold every year to stand here with the souls of the future America will be forgotten. We will not be forgotten. Our children slaughtered over the decades, remember, they look at us from above, and they know that they meant something, that they do mean something, so long as we keep them in our minds and in our hearts. Our children standing here with us, the ones who are here today, they will remember too. They will remember, and they will march until they no longer have to march. Our children yet unborn will remember, and they will thank us in their prayers. And most of all, God, the God who built and preserves nations, who brings life and maintains it, who stands with those who suffer most at the hands of evil. He will remember us too. He will remember America and he will bless her. God will bless us because we are the guardians of his most precious creations. We stand between America and the darkness and we will march until that darkness is banished forever and all of our children can stand together in the sunlight. Thank you so much. So that's the speech that people didn't report. What they reported instead was a 21-second clip taken by a progressive activist who's determined to try and come after our show. That's, that's, that's what they'll report. So well done, media. You guys did a wonderful job. Other things I like I should mention, congratulations to particularly my production team who does an amazing job every day on the show. I mean, they made the stuff at the March for Life happen. They're really amazing. We did win the Best News Podcast over at the iHeartRadio Awards on Friday night. So that's pretty exciting stuff. We were the best news podcast we defeated other shows with different viewpoints. I won't mention names like Pod Save America. We did actually win an award, so that was fun. Um, and you know what? There's been enough anger on the show today, so I'm going to skip the things that I hate. I'll save it for probably later today. So if you are a subscriber, then later today, you can actually watch me go off. I have much more to talk about, but unfortunately, we've run our time limit here. You can go check us out over at dailywire.com for $9.99 a month, and there will be two more hours of this. I have a lot more to get to this afternoon. We will see you then, or we'll see you here tomorrow. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Senya Villarreal, executive producer Jeremy Boring, senior producer Jonathan Hay, 
Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our technical producer is Austin Stevens. Edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Caromina. Hair and makeup is by Jesua Olvera. Production assistant, Nick Sheehan. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2019. Hey everybody, I'm Andrew Claven, host of The Andrew Claven Show. Today we're going to be talking about the passel of mistakes the mainstream media is making and how they don't understand that these mistakes grow organically out of their anti-Trump, anti-Republican, anti-conservative, anti-American bias. Andrew Claven on The Andrew Claven Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So, I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.